0: And
1: I'm Jake Michaels,
0: also a host slash (laughs) co-host. This is a podcast about people who love tabletop games, interviewing other people who love tabletop games about the tabletop games they love and topics related to tabletop gaming. Changed it there.
1: Your audio speed is not messed up on your podcast listener. I promise. That was us.
0: We go slow or we just go really fast or one of the two that are both at the same time. <laughs> if
1: someone is listening to this on double speed, they are so upset right now.
0: <laughs> they keep changing it and then changing it back. What, half speed? <laughs> I wonder if anybody puts me on half speed because I do have a default and listens, to fast talking. And
1: listens to us for two hours as we drag <laughs>
0: through a conversation. Maybe, uh, okay, well we should let our guest <laughs> yeah. be introduced so now <laughs> then he'll be allowed to speak. Today we have Mark Street in the house of the Dice Tower, specifically the board game corner of the Dice Tower. He is a contributor for the Dice Tower, uh, specifically reviews for ongoing Kickstarters and for prototypes and uh, just a wonderful human being. He lives in Colorado. Uh, hi, Mark.
2: Hey, how's it going? Hi, I'm, I'm so glad you're so here. excited to be here. Oh, and
0: collector of hats. We forgot collector to say that. Collector
2: of hats. Yes. Except it's all flat caps.
0: Flat that's caps. my thing. I didn't know that's what you it's called my, the thing.
2: Yeah, it's my thing.
0: I called it like do, a newsboy. Do each it is. Of you it's have, like a
2: newsboy. Okay. Yeah, do it's each that. of you at the Dice Tower have a hat theme? I don't. Uh, Tom has mini hats, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. Tom sure. Vassel, this is so true.
0: The originator yes. of people on YouTube <laughs> doing board game content. We should tell yeah. people what
1: the Dice Tower is in case oh, they don't yeah. yeah. oh, know. We should do that. Absolutely. You should tell us, Mark. You know, best. The Dice Tower
2: is probably the premier place currently that has the most like content of reviews. I mean, they're just pumping them out. It's amazing. And I love that you know, you may not be interested in all those games, but there's so much variety that you can pick and choose the things you want to see. You don't have to wait for a long time for something that you might be
1: interested yeah. in. Yeah,
2: because we have so much content. And it's, it's fair. To,
1: it's fair to say, and obviously, you're wonderfully biased because you work for them. But yes. like, it's fair to say if there's a game out there uh, that's out, Dice Tower's got an opinion on it. it like already,
2: you would think. Yeah. <laughs> most most games. I mean, there's more games than we can cover. Of course, really, right? But not the literally. majority of the ones that people know about are going to be found there. And uh, we have a ton of contributors, too, that throw in reviews and add stuff to Board Game Breakfast and all the different shows that we do, right? So, yeah.
0: Well, Tom Vassell was the first face of the Dice yeah. Tower, but now there are so, so many contributors many because every game, essentially, is covered. Yes. Uh Mandy Hutchinson, yes. one of my favorite humans. She's is amazing. A contributor. Uh, let's see. There's Suzanne.
2: Suzanne. So the two of them do the podcast.
0: Yeah. Let's talk and about that ca-
1: podcast, actually.
2: Yes. Uh, we came up with our own name. And when we got introduced to Tom and we, we kind of had a branding of our own. Right. Uh, but we're kind of I always think of Boarding Corner as. um. The CSI to to Tom's CBS or whatever, right? So
0: wait, so you specifically do do murder cases? (laughs) cases. (laughs) you're digging up corpses. Got it. Uh, No, no, you're doing prototypes. Yeah, so So now explain to us exactly. For the last
2: two years, I have been doing all the Dice Tower previews. I have like over two hundred plus of these videos, and they're all. This is the interesting. They're not all Kickstarter. So. This started out that way. Right. It's just Kickstarter. We're doing previews for Kickstarter folks helping out the little guy helping out the big guy whoever wants the preview and it's a promo. Right. I might say a couple things I like about the game but I'm not telling you to buy it. I'm just right, saying not a
0: review. It's a not
2: a review. It's a preview and it's also an overview of the game. I might dive into some rules but gloss over others. I'm really there. I really want those videos to feel like we sat down at lunch and I'm telling you about this game I just played. Yeah. And that's what makes me – I have so much fun with that. <laughs> it's just exciting.
0: Your joy so. is effervescent. <laughs> it's so it really fun. is. You're a very fun person to be around <laughs> because you. you're so genuinely excited I about am. games.
2: I love it so much.
0: I think maybe that's because – you are just these past two years you've been a professional yeah
2: full-time youtuber yeah, essentially and before that I started the dice tower stuff like six seven years ago now and it was just sporadic because I had a day job in the tech industry mm-hmm. for 20 years your was, origin story yes, origin and then you story. were bit
0: by the board game Spider? yes
2: but it goes back even further I didn't I don't think I even told you about this so I my degree is actually occupational studies and photography and I went out of school, worked at a newspaper, and during my last year of college, I got hooked up with Fan Clubs Inc. And they, at the time, there wasn't really internet, to date myself, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, we were doing Lucasfilm Fan Club, Star Trek fan club, um, now it's what, Star Trek Insider and all that. You mean the, the
1: official ones? The official ones. Wow. I was the photographer. So there was, we cool. were like a third party company that did it for those Yeah. Oh, that's cool.
2: Yeah. So Dan Matson was the president publisher and uh, he just started it out of his basement when he was a teenager, really. And Gene Rodberry got a hold of it and he loved it. What? And uh, it's amazing. So because of Dan, wow. I got to be on set for Star Trek The Next Generation. I was what? on set for DS9. No, I'm
0: so jealous. Yeah. Ds, the DS9 God sets,
2: oh yeah, he's amazing. Um, but the DS9 sets were the best sets I've they ever been They were really on. great sets. Deep Space Nine, huh? It All was
0: right. like,
2: you felt like you were on the promenade.
1: It yeah, wasn't... well they had a lot of height to yes, them. That it was, was a, a huge That set. was an impressive, those yeah. were impressive sets for sure because they had such dimension to them that yeah. you never experienced before. They had like battle scenes on that bridge way yes. more than you ever could. In like TNG was just like, the bridge right <laughs> yeah.
2: and it was cool
1: to yeah, be on it was the a enterprise great right. yeah yeah of but course it the
0: holodeck it, it felt like a set. they kind of always yeah.
1: had to go to the holodeck or the planets right. to have the big moments whereas yeah. in DS9 they could happen on that set right. yeah
0: And right.
2: there were moments on the enterprise where you stand on the plat- the transporter platform you're like oh my gosh i'm here <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> so i did That's all that incredible. It was on voyager it was on the voyager set um we also did back to the future fan club so i was on the set for back to the future part 2 <gasps> And so when you are working for these fan clubs, you did photography for yep. them? So you did a lot I was of BTS for Okay. So, so we did those all
0: shot in LA, right?
2: Yeah, we came out. We the, the magazine was based in Aurora in Denver. Whoa. <laughs> so we would come out here to do stuff. Wow. And uh We did, you know, when Like Willow came out, that was a huge thing. We went out and did all the coverage for that. And the interesting thing was that I did all photography for the products that even ended up in the soundtracks. So I did all that photography as well. So I have this crazy photography background, and then I went into the tech industry. (laughs) And uh, But I met a lot of the folks that I still stay in touch with for Star Trek, you know, I run into conventions and stuff uh, through Dan. And now Dan, uh, he is Ashley Eckstein's publicist who is Ahsoka Tano in The Clone Wars Whoa. and does her universe. So that's where uh, I got to meet Ashley and her husband. And it's all because, again, Dan, he's been kind of the catalyst for all these neat things. And I think the my favorite story about all the Star Trek stuff was that the first time I met D. Forrest Kelly, um, who oh. played Dr. McCoy, right? So he, it was amazing to me because I was like 21, 22, I don't know, 21, I think, 20 or 21. Anyway, uh, I went to the back room with Dan and I I didn't even say anything. And he's like, oh, you must be Mark. I'm like, what? And Dan's like, yes, he reads the magazine. He knows who everybody is who works. And I was blown away, my... 12 year old self was <laughs> freaking out <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that was an amazing experience that's, and that's so cool yeah so all the star trek stuff was amazing yeah right? i loved it so much so from there you went to tech and tech, then i worked i was a web developer just a front-end web you know html guy yeah and over 20 years i became the tech lead i managed a team of developers in the fort collins office it was for a company called wirestone uh and it was all we were all over the country um and I was the tech lead in Fort Collins, Colorado.
0: Oh, so you were doing remote business before that was yes, even a thing. Yeah, before was now, a thing. Everybody, now does everybody
2: does it. All right, so uh, that was a really good experience. I mean, I did a lot of visual related things that would even help me to today in doing videos and stuff because I did video video for them and I did photography for them. And the neat thing was that I was a developer, but I could also speak designer, which is a mm. very rare mm. thing in the develop development world, right? So. It was uh, an interesting dynamic that I could go meet with the designers and come back to the developers and go, this is what they mean.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like a film director that can both talk to actors yeah. and knows what how to speak DP. Yep.
2: <laughs> so those director were amazing times. And it feels... <laughs> Right, it feels kind of surreal that it all that happened. Wait, right. that was your life. That man. was my life. Yeah, you've done
0: so many things, and yeah. now you're making board yeah, game videos. Yes, board game
2: videos. Which, which there's I no, think nothing else. Even one though, could though want the in Star the Trek stuff, yeah, even though some of the Star Trek stuff was amazing, I think I'm having the time of life, my life now. Yeah, it's just the best. Well, you're creating a I'm lot, creating. you know. And before it was just like, oh, you need to shoot this, or I'm interviewing somebody, and I would shoot pictures and of that or whatever. But now I get to create. And do the and I'm yeah. the guy on camera instead of the guy behind the camera, which is so. If you told me seven years ago that hey, people like thousands of people watch your videos, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that.
0: <laughs> 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 well, what changed? I don't. I,
2: a, a big part of my change overall has been um, a confidence boost based on losing weight. So over the last two years, I lost 141 pounds, what? which
0: is incredible. Yeah, that, 141 pounds. How insane is that?
2: Yeah. That's so impressive. Congratulations. I I'm was
0: that's me holding three bowling balls. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh.
1: <laughs>
2: I feel so de- I was not ne- not even in this kind of shape in my 20s. So I've never in my entire life been this fit. What was the that's impetus? It's amazing. Um I just I would walk from the parking garage in my day job mm-hmm. to my desk and I was wiped out. Yeah. And that was, I got to change something. And Good then, you. you know, I had already started doing some videos for the Dice Tower. And I'm like, I got to look better on camera. <laughs> 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 so that was definitely part sure. of it. Sure. You know, so. But uh, that's not
0: an easy. It was sure, lots easy. of people want to, but you actually did it. Yeah. And it it's really... hard because our society is so screen based and screen focused yep. and so much about convenience and even the food options that are mm. available. It's so, so easy to like lose track of that when you're focusing on getting your career ahead or whatever mm-hmm. else.
2: Yep. And the th- the thing. All I did initially was I would fill fill up my plate like always and cut it in half. And that's all I did for like a month or two months. And it made a huge difference. Wow. Just that. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I'm starting to feel better. Maybe I'll go walk at lunch and I would walk like 15, 20 minutes. And now that's turned into I walk like two and a half hours yeah. every morning. I hit the That's trail incredible. like at 5.30 or 6 in the morning. for you. And I blow through audiobooks yeah. I love it. Or podcasts. You know, I mean, you're on my regular rotation for listening while I <laughs> Thank walk. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
0: so does your wife walk with you? No. You've been married for 30 years because 30 your anniversary years. was yes. this week.
2: Thank you for saying so. She was she was hoping for a shout out somewhere.
0: <laughs> hey, Anna.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's it's. It's interesting. She has MS, so she has a little bit harder time That's to get tough. out and do that yeah. stuff. So her energy level is lower, um, but she tries like w- here and there, like weekends, she'll try to go walk with me and stuff. But I, I have to, it's it's weird. You get used to a pace, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm on the edge of running. Yeah, I'm walking like yeah. four and a half five miles an hour. Wow. So I do. I do like 10 12 miles in in 2 hours and 20 or 30 minutes.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Wait,
2: say that again? 10 to 12 miles just about every day in 2 hours and 20 minutes, yeah. That
1: that's like fast. a pretty good that's half marathon fast. time. Yeah.
2: Like that's And I get home, I'm like, oh, I could just do that again. It I don't even feel. <laughs> I'm starting to worry I'm like, should it be this
0: easy? <laughs> well, my dad retired last year, 65, 66. Uh he's in that range yeah and uh, basically what he's done besides taking up painting briefly he has always been a marathon runner Mm -hmm. and he's started traveling across the country doing half marathons he was in Cleveland this weekend that's amazing yeah Uh, and that's basically how he's spending his retirement is doing half marathons all the time and I think it's a pretty good uh, it's a pretty good way to continue to take care of yourself Yeah. yeah sponsor
1: of the podcast moving yes
0: Sponsor of the podcast, my dad. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, Not talk, anymore. Thanks, Dad. Let's talk
1: <laughs> about like your experience being a board game previewer. Yeah. Uh, so you get you get to get your hands on a lot of prototypes of yes. games and games that are still being developed. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're
0: always perfect, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you prototypes
0: know, prototypes better than the printed version, <laughs> as they say.
2: This is one of the things when I I interview people before we take on the job. I'm like, you know. I'm not super concerned about exactly how the game plays. I'm more worried about how does it look on camera. Right. Because this is a promotional piece for you. You should make it look as good as possible. Don't send me a desk jet printed... Version of your
1: game, right? Now you we know. should start with the caveat, of course, of like a lot of these people are doing this independently, yes. and I, like have a very finite resources. And some yeah. of them, especially for you to like you do a lot of Kickstarter ones as yeah, well. A lot of Kickstarter, so yeah, so a Hand lot of these people paint your
0: cards. I don't care; <laughs> yes. does make it look <laughs> make good in the video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no,
1: and I'm saying that caveat just so we're not like bashing the game right. designers. No. Like, no, 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 you're not. But like now, at least, said that standard, mm-hmm. make your prototypes well, look good. <laughs> and now that there's things like Game Crafter, it's
2: mm-hmm. it's really not that crazy expensive to do that. Right? The people Explain who,
0: to us what Game Crafter oh, is.
2: Oh man, you can submit all your art and get actual cards printed as oh, if they man. were published. The I Gamecrafter.com. I mean, yeah. Yeah,
1: manufacturing is starting. Manufacturing long ways.
2: It and it's the best way to at least for me to get a prototype, because I actually get shipped direct from Game Crafter a lot. Uh they'll have it printed and just shipped right to me. Yeah. So um and they really do Game Crafter does a fantastic job. I mean I you would not always, but I would say 80% of the time you're like, this looks like it's done. <laughs> yeah, for
0: sure. I've, Amazing. In, so you can just do a one-off or yeah, you sort of do like yep, a test and it's run. it's more
2: expensive to do a one-off, right. right I'm but sure y- it's typically very... I think they make like 10 copies or something, you very know, cool. something like that. Brilliant. But yeah, so that's great. But that's the biggest thing I look for. Does this look really good on camera? And then secondly, I ask them to just tell me about the game. I want to... I want to get a feel of what it's what it's like. I don't I don't need you to tell me what you do on a turn. I want to understand. I'm trying to get them to give me their passion about it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I do those meetings. And then that feeds into why I'm like, yeah, we'll take that on because I see how excited you are. It sounds neat and so forth. So,
0: I want to talk more about prototypes, but quickly how you started working with the dice tower because oh, yes. what Tom told you I thought was really funny. <laughs> this is great.
2: So like he did a board game breakfast like, what, six, seven years ago now. So, and he said, and this is when Dan King and Ryan Metzler were key people doing reviews all the time where Tom was. And uh, Sam and Z were doing little things here and there. Um, this is before the three of them were like the, the core guys. Yeah, really, Sam,
0: right Z, and Tom are now the three pillars are. of the Dice they Tower. They are the pillars. Doing they're
2: amazing. Every one of them are just amazing people. And if you get to spend time with them, it's just so fun. So... Uh, that was just and that's b- before we go on, that's a really neat thing about board gaming industry in a whole. Just about everybody you sit down with is genuinely excited to be there and like, Oh, let me show you this. You know? I yeah. love that. A lot
1: yeah. of us are hobbyists of this first and then yeah. we're lucky enough to get into yes. the industry of right. it. So we're we're pretty still grateful. in awe. Yeah if we yeah. get
0: if we happen to be able to work in this industry. Yeah. <laughs> none, of, none of our parents
1: believe that we really know, have yeah, jobs same. of this.
2: It's <laughs> so true. So, yeah, so Tom put a call out and said, hey, if you want to do reviews, let me know. And so my co-host, Randy, who he has a day job, he works at HP, so he periodically joins me. But I copied him on an email to Tom, didn't tell him I was doing it. And I said, yeah, we'd like to do that. (laughs) And so Tom writes back, well, I'd have to see something. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay." And we thought this was going to be like a demo reel, right? So we pulled a game that we played a bunch with family, like uh, Walk the Plank, is what it was. Um, And it's a Mayday game. And we did a quick review of it, but it took us forever because it was the first time. Yeah, you got to set up yeah, and, and cameras
0: and set. Background. Yeah, and we're on
2: camera, and I'm super nervous.
0: You can go Make sure watch you're the video. Shiny. Still,
1: <laughs> it's still it's, it's on there. It's Still on there. Your first one. Yeah, Ooh. walk the plane.
0: Wait, because you thought this was just just a demo for him and only him yes, to, to see. see, and he said, "Great." Dice Tower now owns this video. Thank you. And he just put
2: it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Randy and I were like, oh, I guess it was good enough. (laughs) (laughs) That's nuts. (laughs) So we came up with the board game corner name and all that and our tagline that we have in like 15 minutes. And then we just, let's just do this. Which is, see you
0: at the table?
2: Yes. (laughs) Until next time, we'll see you at the table. Yeah. (laughs) So all that. So we've had that same tagline for seven years now, but uh and it's, it's so funny, the comments you get back from people on, the, on that tagline. I waited at my table for days. You, you never, never showed This <laughs> 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 is so fun. But yeah, that's how it all started. And then we just periodically, because both Randy and I had day jobs in the tech industry. And we would just periodically do videos here and there. And we did stuff on like when we were Board Game Blender. You know, we would do stuff for that. And that's kind of where I started doing like some interview stuff uh, called Corner Chat. Which I'm doing more of again, um, but uh, it was all part of a segment. So it was like three, four minutes, you know, of a larger show. Uh, so uh, we just did a number of different things, and then I got laid off, and uh, which is this the best was, thing that
0: could have happened, it right? It is actually. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh, I was super stressed. It was tw- you know two years ago now, and I was like, I was headed to Gen Con right on the cusp of getting laid off. And I told Tom that I don't know. I I'm coming. Everything's paid for. We might as well do this. And and while I'm there, he proposed it to me. How do you feel about playing Kickstarter games? I said I don't. I'm good with that. And what's been interesting he's is like,
0: that you never know. They're never not know. vetted yet. <laughs> right. It could be anything. It could be anything.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I've been really surprised. I've been. I would say seventy percent of what I get is at least decent. Right at this point, people are not. It's not like the early days of Kickstarter where we're like, ooh. Although I've had a couple of those. <laughs> what, what, I was thinking about it?
0: office space and the jump to conclusions math. Yes, that one. That's a perfect so one. So less jump to conclusions math, more uh deck builders that someone has had spreadsheets where they have balanced their all each card with statistic yep. statistical analysis.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like thought put in.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh Before we or, I mean b-
0: before we talk about deck builders, uh we should probably take, take a, a break. break. <laughs> Oh man, we really got you with that break. Well, you didn't even know it was coming. Had you Great enjoy little that break. I hope you had a fun time. I hope you maybe got a snack or a beverage. <laughs> We're here with Mark Street who's telling us all about what it's like to review prototypes for the Dice Tower. Yeah. Uh, so s- so can we t- What's the <laughs> I wish you could tell us what's the worst one you've ever gotten? That's I mean, a oh, terrible I, like, question. I can't Don't tell, tell you. me. Don't I'm tell me. Inst- I'll
1: tell you off. Tell Mike. us what. <laughs> the, tell us the things you've seen that are like, oh boy, like, and not necessarily oh, yeah. naming yeah. names. The don't list. The yeah, don't list. Yeah. Roll and moves. <laughs> and specifically- <laughs> In oh. general. Wait, the genre? Unless you're the whole reinventing genre? No, no, the no. genre. not roll
0: I can't. and
2: move with like a four-sided dice? Ooh. Things like that. Oh, interesting. Ooh. A
0: D4 is yeah. not my favorite die to roll ever. Ever, it's right? a It's a little- a pyramid yeah. that just falls on one so side. Things it doesn't like that even happen. Roll. You kind
1: of I mean, need to roll a minimum of eight at a time to make it fun, right? Ooh, like you if do, you have a up, high level right? magic yeah. missile or something. If it was
2: like, you know, 3D4 yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. then that would be something different, right? But um, so things like that are. Uh, and then we've gotten a couple prototypes where they obviously went to like a toy store and got a bunch of toy soldiers. <laughs> Interesting.
3: <laughs> These are the early days, them? right? These are the pioneer oh. days.
2: Yeah, so this was early like uh, when I first started things like this were happening. Although it's been so much better over the last year. I mean, people really are putting a lot well, more. Well, the standard is that yeah. is
0: that just Kickstarter just there's the so much competition. Yeah. so much
2: competition. If yeah. you
0: if you are not going to get seen anyway, yep. <laughs> why would you pay to have it reviewed? <laughs> exactly.
2: But I've seen um, little games and obviously the funding levels are very different, right? But I've seen little card games get funded with like my video has 500 views and then a big game that has over 3,000 views doesn't get funded. It's it's never- But
0: they have a much higher price point. They have point. a much they higher to... price point.
2: But it's not like giant difference, right? It might be like 10, 15 grand difference, right? Where I would expect it was like a 30 grand shift or something in the funding goal. But I've just been surprised that it doesn't feel like Views equate to funding. Interest mm. doesn't equal investment.
0: Right, yeah. Well, yeah. There's also the thing that we were talking about with Scott Gaeta of Renegade Game Studios where the the more complicated and crunchier a game is, mm. the smaller the pool of people that will be able to, or interested in playing that yep. game. A party game, a, a play the player judge judging game, that has a much wider base. You know, it's more mainstream. It's not what us erudite, sophisticated <laughs> gamers uh, would pick first to put on the table. But, you know, yeah. but that has mass appeal. It does. So,
2: and But that's
0: interesting. You, Views do not equal funding.
2: It doesn't always. Mm. You know, but there are some. I mean, like when I've done some CMON stuff, that's, you know. Or come on now.
0: <laughs> I heard um, that too. We were yeah, talking about that in our the, last episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, come on. Come on. Come, come on. on. So for you,
1: for you, top priority is actually like the the pieces are together. Yes. The the, the game as a prototype. It looks look at least looks like it what looks pretty close done, to what it will be. Yeah. Right. It looks
2: done. It look at least artificially looks done. Right. So
1: our experience, at least I speaking for us as game the game, Becca has been more importantly eggshells. <laughs> But well, importantly, that the the more importantly that the game rules wise feels complete. yes, because you have to play out a whole game right right. And if there's gaps in that rule book in terms of what we're understanding, it's a real detriment for us. And there's yeah. always gaps in that rule book. Yeah, yeah, always. No, it's not. There's like.
0: Well, every I, game needs playtesting. And because whoever made it makes assumptions of what they have been working with for so long. Mm-hmm. So close to the forest, you can't see those trees. Yep. Of you forgot, you never told me to draw cards or whatever it is. Exactly. Um, my experience with prototypes, our experience on game, the game is frustration mm-hmm. when they're not funded. Because if we're doing an ongoing Kickstarter, yep. we very much prefer for it to already be funded. And that is the strategy with Kickstarter in general. You want to make sure that you have talked to all your friends and potential investors, and you know you're you're setting your Kickstarter goal at a lower level than what you actually need so that you can get it on the first day. Why? Because psychologically, people are more likely to donate if it's already successful, success. yeah, uh, people are drawn to success. If it's like, I don't know if that's even gonna get made, I'm not gonna donate. You're helping it not get made, right? But psychologically, we just don't, we just don't do yeah, it. Yeah, which is um,
2: so weird because yeah. I came from a marketing company in the tech industry, and it would in their mind, if you had a campaign on Kickstarter for four weeks, you release new content every week instead of. Day one, release everything. Mm-hmm. They would be like, "That's nuts! You need to keep interest throughout the whole course of the campaign, not just that first day." So it's a really weird dynamic.
0: But you say now, I, everybody now you wants see day one, everything day one. And I it, mean, that's what I would prefer because yeah. I, I don't have enough time. If I make it to your page. I'm gonna check it out, and then I won't have another chance to come back. <laughs> it
1: kind of feels like the current meta game of Kickstarter right. is to invest in day one and make a big turn one play, right? right? As opposed, thank to you like...
0: for you did the magic <laughs> metaphors today. That was
1: nice, but it, I mean, I think your model is is. Where your theory of a model is correct, and that if they did trickle it out, there would be more interest. But we've seen more success in the yes. one-day model right now because mm-hmm. if they get fifty percent in that first day, they're probably going to make it. They're probably going to make it. Yep. Um, and what's other? An, what's another interesting component of this is that it is a better business choice if the thing is going to fail to cancel it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Get keep the email list that you've generated mm-hmm. and start it again down the road. And that almost always at least the games that I've been involved with, have almost,
2: I would say 95% of them have funded on that second go.
1: Is there an example in history where that's really been the case in business? Where it's like, oh, this isn't going to work. We're going to stop it now and then do it in six months. Like, that's crazy to me. It is crazy. But but it is successful. It is. It's really interesting. I I just, and back
2: to the rule book thing real quick. You know, because my videos are overviews I don't necessarily that's a big reason why I went that route because if the game doesn't feel complete and you haven't called something out that I need to know I'm doing an
1: overview because yeah, smart. The, I just I can't play a full game maybe and But is that a detriment to your or is that a point not a point against them because you're not always reviewing either but like yeah. yeah is that a thing to mention So when mm-hmm. I when I do those
2: I do mention that you know that I you know I played this one time yeah. you know we i almost never play more than once maybe twice uh if it's a little card game you know definitely play more than once sure sure depending um, on time yeah but some of those bigger games big thematic ones that i've done um yeah you play once and then you just i want it to feel like hey like i said i played this game oh my gosh let me tell you about this thing
0: initial impression initial impression First look. yeah 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 that so. makes a lot of sense and it makes more sense to do your format with kickstarters mm-hmm. because we've had i can think of two times where we did a how to play video that was very specific and a game the game episode where we are demonstrating the rules and then that game hasn't funded because we were hired to do a video with a prototype and then it leaves us in an uncomfortable situation where we put up this content and no one can get a hold of this game that Mm -hmm. we're essentially advertising, we're showing it off. and So then we look bad and have egg on our face Uh, but if you just do a review, people know this is currently on Kickstarter. They know it can go anyway. That's part yeah. of the whole deal. Right. Like, then yeah. then you're safe. <laughs> yep.
2: And we put up that whole thing at the beginning about, hey, this is a Kickstarter project. Uh, the rules might change because inevitably they'll look at that video two years from now and they'll have the game. But you said, well, that's because it changed.
1: you know. Yeah, there's and that
0: And you caveat. would hope that it would yeah, improve. Yeah, would improve. you have the better version.
2: And it's interesting because we have it in text and at the end of every episode, I said, all right, folks, just a reminder once again, this has been a Dice Tower paid preview. Everything you've seen here has been in prototype form you know, and so forth, but people still... Like, oh, well, that, okay. tray, that tray doesn't look done. Well, no, it's a prototype.
0: <laughs> cool, you can read and hear. <laughs> Ooh.
2: But yeah, so playing can be frustrating. I agree, absolutely. And we've had at least a handful of the games. I would say... Um, the bulk of the stuff I've done is funded, but we still have stuff that hasn't. Right? I mean, it's inevitable. It's going to happen.
0: What's one that really sticks out in your memory as an mm. excellent game that you were very surprised?
2: Oh my gosh! That didn't fund? Oh, that's it actually kind of oh, what it I want to know. Did is not... What
1: didn't that you loved? Actually, yeah, uh, yeah I'm trying to think. Yeah.
2: I don't, I don't think there's anything that I love that didn't okay. fund. Um Because you got taste, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I am, I am. So fairly picky about saying yes and then it's also related to my schedule right um because it's pretty (laughs) jam-packed yeah Um, 200
0: videos in two years yeah
2: yeah so it's a lot of work and i love it though i mean it doesn't it feels like i'm retired i'm just having a blast (laughs) so that's
0: two videos a week
2: that's about right yeah yeah because 200
0: 52 that's 100 a year 52 weeks in a year yeah you get two weeks (laughs) off yeah Wow. So you've treated this like a full time yeah, job. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it is your complete full time job. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and you do most of everything yourself. You edit yep. yourself.
2: I do everything. You film yeah. yourself. Film. film edit. You're on camera. Yep. So the, the studio we have is much like what you have here, um, but it used to be my kids' playroom in the basement. And now I've got, you know, I've got a game topper. From Game Toppers for my table, and I've got um, you know permanent lighting and all that in the room, and uh, I've just I money that I do make, I put a lot of it back into the show. So I now have three cameras I can use. I've got finally have wireless labs instead of wired labs, oh, things nice. like that. You know, it, but it's it's a process you know, right it because makes, it's all expensive. It all makes a difference. Like every does. gradual step, sure is nicer. And it, it just steps, and I recently got a. I love this for inserts and B roll. I got my own rail, but a a mini one that I can put on the table and shoot all the B-roll right there.
0: For people who don't know, this is a (laughs) a little slider for the camera to sit upon and get a nice, smooth, moving shot. So what is your advice to people not necessarily trying to make board game videos, but that are either laid off or in Mm -hmm. a job that just feels like they've been doing that forever? Because you are really an example of... Yeah. Turning those lemons into lemonade. It is.
2: So I I have to wonder if they hadn't laid me off, would I still be doing it? <sighs> right. Right? Because it is really the layoff was the catalyst for me to step it up, right? Um so many hero journeys start with I was laid off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> really? Absolutely. And I it was a comfort zone, right? It, it was a six figure a year salary. And um
0: ain't mad at that.
2: Yeah, so it was nice, comfortable. But it was soul sucking as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it started what the thing is that it started out as a, a small company and it was all about let's make cool stuff for cool people. And then it turned into did you get your timesheet in? How's your usability this week? You know, that's what it turned into metrics. Metrics. Mm. And it just started, stopped being fun. Yeah. You know, so it was just every Sunday night. It felt like I had homework and I hadn't done it. Like Ooh. I was back in school. Ugh. Yeah. It was just terrible. And Monday mornings I just felt sick going into work. Ugh. And now with this, I'm like working when I sh- don't need to work. And sure. I'm like, I have so much. Fun. It's midnight, it's, and yet you're yeah, still playing
0: with we'll your slider play. in the <laughs> in the girls' <laughs> playroom. Look at this.
2: You know, and I'm super picky about my stuff. So I'll I'll will done a whole hour of recording and editing. I'm like, nope, don't like it.
0: Um, I I was going to change to a new gaming topic, but I saw an opportunity to rant about politics, and Mm. I will take it. All right. Well, this to me is... (laughs) (laughs) This to me is the beauty of the idea behind universal basic income. (laughs) (laughs) Jake's head is on the table. I also saw
1: a social media post today about you in a completely unrelated show, and at the bottom it's like, also we talked about universal basic
0: income. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was, uh, I was interviewed on James Huntson's uh, show oh, I starting right. role for Gamma Ray, and uh, I was asked what game changed, uh, like, turned me into a gamer, changed my point of view, and mm-hmm. um, and I said, Scrabble. And he said, that's not pretty enough on camera. And I said, Mom Ma Madness. And he said, great. And I said, um, I'm going to turn this into an opportunity to talk about universal basic income because everyone starts with money in the game. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
0: no, but the idea that if money were no object, what would you spend your time doing?
2: This would be it.
0: And uh, that's not necessarily the principle behind UBI. Uh, right. It would be... Uh, enough to live to feed mm-hmm. clothes shelter yourself and right. then and then what do you do from there mm-hmm. because i think so many people find themselves not finding joy in what they're doing yes and and why we live in the most prosperous society in history mm-hmm. and there's so much potential and we're going to have to find new ways to innovate after robots take over, you know? <laughs> this is true. Anyway, just throwing that out well, there. Well the comfort yeah.
1: the comfort that you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. That that that's the the complacency that comes it along is. with it as well. Mm-hmm. It's like you are comfortable and you are safe mm-hmm. and you are meeting your hierarchy of needs in terms true. of Maslow. shelter and in terms of shelter and food yep. and all that stuff. So that's biologically the thing you kind of should be doing. But sure. if you joy... lop off
0: the bottom of that hierarchy of needs, right. then what?
1: But the joy is not you always. You make
0: videos about board games in your basement. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: You do that in your spare time and you realize that, oh, wait, maybe this is something I should be doing right. all the time. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I just want to ask all listeners to ponder the question yes. not quit your day job, but no. what would you do if you could? do anything, have had all the free time in the world to do whatever you wanted. And
1: also, y- yeah, I was
2: going to say, what's interesting is that I don't make anywhere near the money I used to make, right? But I am
1: way happier than I have ever been yeah. in yeah. my working career.
0: And what's what's life really all about? You know, you can't take yeah. it with you.
1: Stability it's, has gone out the window, I yeah. think, for us when we leave us the job, the salary job, right, mm-hmm. or whatever, and we've gone into this freelance world, and right. though we're all doing pretty well as individuals, yeah. it's like it's still uncertain. Right. But that uncertainty also kind of fuels us. Yes, it does.
2: And like even coming out here and seeing you, right? It was a choice because I was like, I've got stuff to work on that I probably should be working on. And in fact, I was supposed to stay until Tuesday, but I'm leaving Saturday now so I can get stuff done before I go Uh to Dragon Con. Yeah. So, uh, Dragon Con, I'm playing in a charity game, um, Warehouse 13. Infinite Dreams has made a Warehouse 13 board game, and I'm playing a charity game with Eddie McClintock, who is the star of that show. So That's uh, amazing. (laughs) So those opportunities happened, and you you have to take advantage of that. I get to be on Game the Game. I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's so awesome.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, we should talk about what we played on Game the Game this week because I am in love with this game. I had to move away from the mic so I could yell, this is such a good game.
1: Wait, before we even get too deep in it, is this a prototype?
0: Yes. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I don't even believe it. I, I mean, know. It
1: looks done. I'm pretty it's sure. It's polished. It yeah. This company
2: has done an amazing job.
0: Yes, this is Moonrakers from IV Games. Yes. yes. I always am like, wait, yeah. Games? Yeah. Roman numeral four games? Is it four games? Roman numeral four games. 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 Ivy Studio. that's it it is. Sorry. is it uh, singular? Studio, no S. Yes, no Ivy <laughs> Studio. Ivy <laughs> Studio. And this is the first game. Yeah. It, this is a I mean, three fellow creative team. They are based in Nashville. Yes. And this, I was basically referring to them when I said about statistical spreadsheet. They have mapped out mm-hmm. the the like All the permutations. thousands and thousands of hands mm-hmm. because uh, a deck builder, a game in which each player has a starting deck and adds cards to their deck based on the outcome of their turn and uh, whatever money they have, credits in this case, that they have available to add either new crew members or new ship parts because it's space themed Mm -hmm. uh, to their deck or to their ship Uh, and engine building you're building a mechanic that will make you more and more powerful as the game goes on.
1: Layered onto that is the negotiation part yes. of it, too, Absolutely. where contracts that you um, complete to get credits to buy more things can generally not be accomplished by yourself. You need to work with other people because you have a limited amount of resources. They've made yeah. the game hard up front, so you <laughs> yeah. have to negotiate.
0: Absolutely. So, so explain uh, sort of how gameplay works, Mark, yes. since, so since you're a professional you, at this.
2: <laughs> you have a tableau, which is basically your spacecraft. Right, and you are at the base, and you're trying to decide if you're going to go out and do these contracts, and you're looking at the available contracts. You're like, oh, you know what? I could do this. And in your hand, it's like any deck builder. You have five cards. All right? So the thing that's really interesting that I find yeah. is that you have one action. Just that's, one on your turn. You don't you get. get to
0: play your whole hand.
2: And if you don't have a Reactor in your hand, then you're pretty much one card, and you're done. Yeah, you're limited. Yeah, but reactor, reactor, by the
1: way, is a card that gives you more actions. Yes.
2: And it starts to chain and you can get more. And then you can also find ship parts to upgrade your ship to give you even more possible actions. And different cards will allow you to draw more cards from your deck, which might give you more things like reactors, more actions and so forth. So and again, it's one of those things you play all the cards, you play them or you lose them. So you have to play your hand and be smart about it. And I love that they had that like tree. That you play out the cards in this kind of tree. Yes, flow. and that
0: was uh, not actually in the rule book. That was right. one of the creator Austin's yes. little. He said he plays Dominion that way, yep. where because. Um, each reactor you play says take two more actions, plus two actions. So you play the reactor and then branching out below that you play the two cards that were the actions that came from that reactor because the first reactor was your first and only action (laughs) at that point. Uh, And so it makes this beautiful tree where you can clearly see how many more actions you have available. It, they should really put that in cool the That's a great it idea. We did tell them that because it is a prototype. Yeah, That's a great idea. It doesn't feel like a prototype except for uh, one right. of the ships uh, they're going to oh, print yeah. a little differently because yeah. it sort of disintegrated yep. in the traveling. <laughs> Indeed. Thin parts on and minis. And
2: there's crew that you can hire to add to your deck which have even more powers that allow you to do like half damage and speaking of damage, we have to talk about that every contract you do has a hazard to it. Mm-hmm. And there's hazard dice you roll. And the thing about the negotiation, which is great, if there's three hazard dice, you negotiate. Everybody has to roll and they have to defend their own selves from the hazard. So you play shields to block the hazards or you might have crew or ship parts that help you negate that as well. So Yes.
0: Um, to... Uh, the first thing that we should always say is what the goal is. So oh, yes. get to <laughs> ten victory points. I forgot. I forgot to say that. Are they victory um,
2: points though? They are
0: prestige, prestige in this game. Yes. But they're <laughs> unlike unlike other games in where once you earn stuff there's relatively few ways to lose those oh, points. Yeah, this is all about players moving up and down the scoring track the prestige track because uh the hazard dice mark was talking about if you <laughs> are not able to block that damage that's not that's not like a health level it goes to your prestige your victory point your win condition right. so when you're negotiating for this contract you do not want to roll that dice unless you have the shields yes. to block it because especially losing when a victory I roll point, it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mark was extremely unlucky in our playthrough when it came to hazard dice. Even, uh, even swapped so. the dice. Yeah. And it didn't matter.
1: So you, I, we, all three of us have actually played this game. You two played it together. I played it separately. Uh, you guys love it. Oh I liked gosh. it a lot. But so well, know, this deck, deck building came out is like... my
0: favorite genre. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's, uh, you say deck builder, and I'm in. <laughs> uh, but this really delivered oh in terms of balance because we were all just a couple points ahead or behind by the end of the game, even though mark was rolling terribly he he still was able to negate that especially because with negotiation you can always Mm -hmm. choose to negotiate with the person in last place which means that there's that catch-up mechanic constantly going on because I was like a little bit ahead for most of the game and my accidental strategy I happened upon was getting lots of reactors in my deck early so I always was able to play action have actions.
1: That's what's also interesting about the game is that it's not actually there is no catch-up mechanic beyond the meta game of seeing the score visually, right? Yeah, the negotiation, yeah, does yeah. It for so you. it's not even built into the rules. It's actually built into the concept the of the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that.
0: Utilizing We're... our instincts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. indeed.
2: And I really like that track because a game feels like a tug of war. Like we talked about, Um, I really felt like, oh, I'm pulling this way. No, I'm pulling back. It just was this really cool, just engaging, right? And how you have to engage the other players. It's not just sitting here playing my cards and then your turn. Um, Oh, no. And and then it comes down to, sorry. Oh, sorry, player (laughs) interaction is so important. (laughs) Yes, it is. We all have opinions. (laughs) (laughs) And then it came down to that last, literally, you or I were going to win. And that last hand of mine no reactors. And I would have, I had the card, other than that, I had the cards to get the three points.
0: Oh, no. And you had to choose to essentially pass your turn yes. and take a rest turn, which is called stay at base, <laughs> where you get an uh, right. another credit. You get to grab a new objective card, which can be a se- secret victory point condition. hmm but and that's probably... on the last turn of the game, because actually uh, you were a turn away from winning, so were the other yes. two players. Yes. Everyone wow. was, was a turn and neck away neck from and winning. It really
2: was neck that's and crazy.
0: Neck. And it really came down to yeah. uh, one of the creators, Zach Dixon, he was on the show with us Mm -hmm. and the previous turn he had attempted to you can do negotiation for a contract which makes a lot of sense if it's something you don't have the cards in your hand to achieve all by yourself you can bring people with you if there's a smaller contract or later in the game when you've got a more op deck Mm -hmm. you can take that contract on completely alone the only deterrent is rolling the hazard dice which (laughs) could take away your prestige Mm -hmm. So Zach attempted a big contract all by himself and he would have got it, but yeah. he rolled the dice Boom. terribly. Oh, it was amazing. Otherwise, he <laughs> won the game. And then the next time it came around to me, I did a contract by myself and I did it. Uh but it was really down to those dice. To me, that's it was. what
1: kind of sets that the game apart because it's a it is a great deck builder, and I'm also biased towards deck builders, they're one of my favorite genres. But the fact that in the g- negotiations, you're not only negotiating for the reward, you're negotiating for the hazard. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that those are both almost two separate negotiations. Mm -hmm. really changes it and that the hazards vary your score. So like that means every negotiation is a potential game changer. Yeah. Which is a crazy aspect to think of is that you can change the game every turn.
2: And the the other interesting thing about this, I've had at least a handful of games like this where I love the game so much, but I still can't, because it's a paid preview, it's a promotional piece. I can't rate the game. I can't say, you should back this right now.
0: Well, you, know. you can give your money to Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, this is true. So, uh it's interesting. You can on this podcast, That's I guess. true. Yeah.
0: You should back because no it's so here. much fun. Absolutely. I, I mean, had a blast. yeah, I don't have to say anything nice on this podcast <laughs> or ever really because we just play through. We yeah. don't, I give no opinion one way or the other if I didn't like it. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we that was really fun also on getting we don't you also I noticed on your show you don't do that a lot, give the opinion at the end.
0: Well, we specifically for uh, s- separate topic but uh, yes. that's a different type that draws in different type of sponsorship mm-hmm. and it is not beneficial for a game company if you have a reputation for tearing games yeah. apart that's not going to help them sell their game
1: right there's uh, no benefit to there's uh, no yeah. it apart right? either Absolutely. like this makes sense people
0: yeah. can see whether or not it's their type of game mm-hmm. by watching us play yes. so if it's not a game for you you're you're going to know it right exactly <laughs> uh, so i don't need yeah, to if you don't like deck builders
2: anything then it's not I something I mean everyone likes What's that I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely a thing out there about deck builders though
0: Is there? Yeah, What's the
2: because thing? it's oh my Jinx. gosh, <laughs> I've heard this a lot lately that oh another deck builder you
1: know strong disagree yeah I know I love that I mean, nowadays it's like oh another game I mean everything, right. <laughs> that's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. fair oh, another
0: game that falls into any genre category <laughs> that I've seen 50 games in yeah. yeah
1: actually you know what I will say when I saw Moonrakers for the first time mm-hmm. and started looking through it, I was like oh cool art good design but this doesn't look much different and that was my outset then I read the rule book I was like yeah. okay I like this. And then I played yeah. it and I, oh, okay, I like this a lot more. Well, there but are a I lot was... of
0: space themes and a lot of deck builders yes. in the world. So I
1: will say, yeah, I will say that they are, it is familiar territory. Yes. And I want, if I'm going to get a deck builder, I want the next level of yeah. it. Yes, that is true. And I
2: feel like they do that in yeah. mm-hmm. several ways mm-hmm. in this game.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it's the stuff you love in deck building is here, but there's some really nice tweaks to it.
0: So uh Mark this was your topic so tell us yes. about what has been turned into a movie before right?
2: Well, we have, like, obviously Way Back Clue, right? was not a big ba- one.
0: That's still a timeless classic. It's still a timeless classic. I could watch that movie a million times. We have
2: Battleship, which, oddly enough... Burn it in hell. Yeah, I know. My kids, though, they grew up watching it, right? They loved it. What? Yes, I'm That's serious. That's like
0: one of the movie of the week action it flicks. Is. It is. Just totally it's just sinking. giant ships sinking.
2: However, I, I think what was cool about it for them...
0: I feel old now.
2: And <laughs> <laughs> ...is that at the time, you know, my grandfather... Um, was still alive, and he was a World War II vet. And the fact that they brought actual World War II vets in... Oh, I never saw it. I'm just talking shit. So, yeah, no, they brought them in to actually man the ship that saves the day. And these are real World War II vets that they brought in. That's cool. And that were real Navy um, that fought in the war. So I thought that was pretty neat. The movie, yes, it's a pretty... It's just a video game action pack thing, right? And it's absurd and over-the-top. But they actually throw in some... You sink my battleship <laughs> stuff.
3: <right>? Oh, <laughs>
1: yeah, every no, well, they have to, they have dare. to give it every single one.
2: <laughs> so, there's that movie, right? Uh, and I, Clue, uh, like you said, is obviously classic.
0: Absolutely. Right? Clues but amazing, yeah. but I still don't know that I on the side of my face. <laughs>
2: yes, I love that.
0: I so much. am your singing telegram. <laughs> <laughs> Shot in the head.
2: So good. So good.
0: I love it. Very deeply, Jumanji yeah. as
2: well. <laughs> Jumanji is yes. yes. I and haven't thought that about was... that.
0: I thought there were two board game movies. Oh no! And then you mentioned Jumanji, Jumanji yeah. uh, which of course had the sequel a couple of years ago. Well, the right. reboot technically
2: the right reboot. it's a
1: different Reboots, thing. thing. Yes, it it's is. A video but game. it is a sequel
2: because they go back.
1: Oh, and, do they? Yeah. A giant. I haven't
0: seen it. <gasps> Stop a... the podcast, Jake. <laughs> you have to see Jumanji. Okay, great. I will.
1: Wow. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Oh my god. It is so great.
0: What's the What's the not sequel called? Oh, what is it
2: called? Yeah, because there's another one. There's another one coming. Return to the Jungle.
0: Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle.
2: They did an amazing job with this. They yeah, really. Oh did. my gosh, it was so incredible. I was like, oh, I don't know. And then we, I just we saw it like the week later again because it was just so fun. It was a
1: great reimagining of it. Yes. I saw the trailer, so I feel like I've, I know what's going yeah. down. You don't, and go. like Okay, great.
3: I
2: will. I will probably understand it. But I like it.
1: that they didn't just redo the old story. Right. Like that was what a great interpretation of it. Yeah.
2: So that's those those movies are just a blast and done well, acted well, the story's great, all of that. but right?
0: Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Uh, is hilarious. Let that man read. The phone book yeah. and I'm happy.
2: Oh, well, and the combination of him and Jack Bike, oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> so are we gonna pitch board uh, games
1: that we can do you you into movies?
0: Absolutely. Now, I do want to, before you pitch, let me just tell you, they I've heard wind of a uh, settlers of Catan yes. movie, and I think this sounds like a horrible idea yeah. because of the examples given so far, games with characters built in uh have have a personal touchstone a place to go from battleship is about ships there's not a personal story there's not relationships there to dig into and in my opinion a good film is about relationships Relationships, good acting's about relationships Uh, so that's my caveat of what i want in a game good pitch to me
2: well, that's good because my favorite type of game is big thematic story-driven games. So uh. it's going to have characters and all kinds of stuff, right? So, And I feel like there's a ton of really good Cthulhu options.
0: Absolutely. But, yeah, I love yeah.
2: Be- you know. Begging for hmm. real movies. But there's yeah. been so
1: many like independent films yeah, that just didn't quite hit the mark. The storytelling in the board yes. game
2: is so much better than any of that yeah. stuff, right? So like Mansions of Madness, that's second edition, I would
1: love to see that as a movie. Well, Absolutely. Betrayal is almost like a TV show, like, especially the legacy version of it. Yeah. it could be its Absolutely. own miniseries, it I feel.
0: Oh, man. You know, Rob's probably talking to somebody <laughs> else. <Yeah. like laughs> well, that, that game in particular,
1: because it also spans the generations, right? Mm-hmm. So you can almost make it an anthology show of different mm-hmm. characters or yeah. different a- same actors playing other characters of their own generations.
0: Oh, wow. That's a terrifying thought. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of what you did
1: on something- our show right
0: would do yeah. yeah so let's pitch this to netflix yeah, absolutely <laughs> that'd be awesome oh man okay and done it, we did it yeah short segment
2: <laughs> yeah so the thing about mansions though is that all those tied in cthulhu games have the same characters so you could use all those guys
0: yes that's right eldritch Horror, mm-hmm.
2: eldritch horror arkham all that stuff
0: and they all have similar characters yes Oh, so I love that yeah, but they as have a movie. Like Forty, right? They do. There's so you many. You them all, right? Sure. But, but they've written a little backstory yes. on the back of the card. That's the thing. There's tons. of- What has decreased their sanity scores? There's
2: tons of lore around it, right? I mean, it's just so cool. That's so. A good I one. that would be one. I would be like, yes. Let I'm in. I'll wait in line for this.
1: <laughs> you know, Roots one. I feel could be a good Pixar film. <gasps> Roots, really? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> No, Roots is something else. That's a mini series from the '80s. That's yes. Roots. Uh, Roots. That's Roots. Root, Roots, <laughs> Roots. Roots <laughs> without different. the S. Uh, but would yeah. Root
2: lend itself to a story-driven thing? I mean, uh, again, I it's think, a Game of Thrones in the mad. forest, so True. it
1: depends you if you True. have your characters. Like, I mean, it's
0: relationships. I think, I think you yeah. make a
1: good point of like having a built-in character base. Yes, will make that great point. But like if if you have tension mm-hmm. and you have world tension you make characters in that world yeah. you've got it like the root has those those kings on the uh the f- the bird side of it what is it the eerie mm. and so like the tale of their constant being deposed every four <laughs> turns i feel like the power struggle there in relation to all the cats and then you have these rebels out in the forest and then you got one guy who's out there making trouble for all of them. Yeah, that's like a dynamic waiting Absolutely, to happen. Absolutely,
0: yeah, that's the yeah. premise of Root, the game. Yeah. I, I think it makes, well, and they're all anthropomorphized animals in the different factions, yeah. so.
1: I'm thinking animated. Yeah, animated. I mean, definitely yeah. animated. <laughs> yeah, we're not cool. going the
0: Root of Cats. I watched no. the trailer last night. Wow. It's
1: how are those
2: nightmares? It's an abomination. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's an absolute right? abomination. It's
2: scary looking. Whew.
0: Anyway, that's that's not the kind of cats we're talking about. We're talking about the <laughs> game Root and uh, how it should be a film.
2: Yep. What about you,
1: Becca?
0: You guys said all the good ones. <laughs> uh, um, uh, lots
1: of others. We'll take a beat. I mean, like- yeah. You know,
0: I'm just going down my list of what I liked from 2019. Nice. <laughs> I have a little phone list. Um, grim Masquerade from oh. Skybound. It yeah. does take existing- yeah, it does. Properties of grim fairy tales. Yeah. But what if it was uh, an adult, you know, murder-themed- a deception-themed the uh, spy thriller, like Murder on the Orient Express, but yeah. with uh, Ooh, storybook characters. That could be really
2: cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, so that's one. Um, and there's any numerous space-related games, right? That would be great sci-fi. Yeah, I right? feel like
1: you could also, yeah, space game, I mean, Twilight Imperium, I'm always going to say, I'm ready Boom. to see that Okay, story. what's your
0: Twilight Imperium movie pitch? Well, it's... in theory, um, what <laughs> what
1: would you say? <laughs> I feel like it's a mercenary group that kind of fights for, like, any faction that'll pay them, but they're made up of, like, someone who left the Yin Brotherhood and, like, a bounty hunter from the soul and, like, one cat person (laughs) who's super rich (laughs) and how they go around the universe trying to play the different factions. All right. Against each Interesting. other.
0: Interesting. Oh, pandemic! The, pandemic, movie. the movie. Pandemic! The yeah. movie. Absolutely, yeah. everybody amazing... loves specifically an epidemic movie. Yeah,
2: and and specifically the first legacy version of it with well, I, I can spoil it by now, right, people. Have uh, you played Legacy, uh, the first Pandemic Legacy? Uh, oh, no, man, I can't even talk to you about it. So there's all <laughs> those black boxes you open that change things. Yeah, one for every month. Yeah, so uh, that that one in particular would be
1: awesome as a movie. Yeah, let the whole virus, like, keep developing. Yeah, yeah that's a good story.
2: And line. just virus movies in general I love, so, I mean, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, there's so much back and forth. There's so many games that are now made from IP mm. that it's going to happen eventually where... The floodgates open of just going back and forth. It's just the industry has to get to this right. tipping point, like comics have done. I mean, think of seventy years of comics, a hundred right. years of comics <sighs> before before Disney and Marvel ever said, "Hold on, this could be the hugest money making franchise yeah. in history." Do wow. we want this though? <laughs> I Do we want this now? I
1: think we want it to an extent. Yes, I think we want to experience it, but we don't want it to be exploited. Right. Sure,
0: we want our fandoms to be beloved, but we don't want them to be right. Corrupt. Guess
1: we well, gotta make them. Plaid Hat so. has
2: Mice and Mystics, right? I did, I talked to Jerry thing. Hawthorne Jerry, about yes, this at right? Essen
0: last year. Uh, we just played Aftermath, which yes, is one of his games. Right. So Jerry Hawthorne is the He's pioneer awesome. of the storybook game. But tell us about Mice and Mystics.
2: Oh man, did you not know this game?
0: He's got I. Uh, I, I know it's a dungeon crawl with mice. I yes, loaned someone my copy Fantastic stupidly.
2: storytelling in that <laughs> Never game.
0: Never got it. And like
2: Rich Summer did a bunch of the voice work. You can listen to it instead of read the story stuff. Oh. Uh, it's really cool. That's fun. Yeah. So uh, it the story... I don't want I don't want to ruin stories for folks who haven't played, so I don't want to go too deep. But I mean, you are it's dungeon crawl diet mice, but how you got to be mice is part of the story and so mm. forth. But uh, it's really and you know it's, you're living in a world where everything is giant. So like with the expansion, there's a huge snake, and there's all kinds of stuff that. Um, Comes into play with that story. I think it would be fantastic, and I, you know, they're talking about maybe
0: doing
1: something. With Aftermath it. had definitely had a very cinematic feel to it. Yeah, yeah. well, to talk a Everything little bit. Everything he of, does.
0: Yeah, Jerry Hawthorne works for Plaid Hat Games. Is uh, one of the designers for Plaid mm-hmm. Hat Games, and he has originated this whole genre, and uh, that including stuffed fables, mm-hmm. uh, including Comanats where
2: oh, oh, so good.
0: it is a storybook sitting in front of everyone. They're um, pretty much co-op games where um, each page has one side that you're reading the story. Sometimes there's choose-your-own-adventure-type entries that you'll only read if you come across that part of the game board and on the left side of the book there is a little map so you're moving through different maps as you turn the pages and where which page you go to depends on where you are in the story and on the map and they're all extremely cinematic extremely narrative uh and just so inventive just breaking down genres yeah
2: i feel like he jerry is just a master storyteller oh he's yeah. just phenomenal he made
0: it. me cry when he told me the story of coma yes. on uh <sighs> twitch.tv slash asmo at essen 2018 uh, we were doing a live stream and interviewing game creators up there way over there in old Aleman uh, that's Germany (laughs) and yeah I I was just floored by the way he spoke about his games
1: yeah his games are so immersive like and they definitely give the cinematic feel that we would want to experience in Mm -hmm. that storytelling I was also really impressed of like his ability to create the story tree depending where you go the whole Uh choose your adventure aspect to it and every route still felt very dynamic yes like there was a world we we can't explore because we can't see all the pages. And like the fact that that's all there made it feel real. Mm-hmm. There's one last game that I would be surprised mm. you haven't pitched as a film yet. You're looking on my screen to try Magic and cheat. The <laughs> no, well, that's, yeah. I We are, are working on a that. Netflix yeah. TV yeah, show. Yeah, already, the Russo yeah. Brothers that's cool. are uh, In the works.
0: producing. Yeah. Uh, if you guys, uh, Russo Brothers, if you listen to this podcast, I would like to play Chandra Fire Artisan. Yes. If anybody has their email address, please let them know. <laughs> Uh, yes. yep. You'd That's be amazing. amazing. I,
1: would, I would like to voice a dinosaur, please. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. I, I just want a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think
0: you'd be like a Tali primal hunger. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. You
1: got, I got that kind of a jawline. That's great.
0: Yeah. If, I think ten ten with trample. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, short, the game. Short
0: arms. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked short, short arms. arms. <laughs> there it is. That's the <laughs> no, truth. He has normal sized arms. <laughs>
1: Uh, the game I thought was going to be something that was really immersive and had a really detailed world, which was Court of the Dead. Oh.
0: Well, I thought it was too easy.
1: Really? <laughs> what? <laughs> it was too easy of an answer. I mean, that. So have you played Court of the Dead, oh, yeah. Warriors Call? I mean, that they, it already they is wrote, a movie. They wrote more lore than they wrote anything else. True. So yeah, it is a movie. That's very true. Yep. And they have a crazy elaborate backstory of not only celestials and mm-hmm. demons, but they also have the other faction of just death. Right and his whole court. Yep. Um, but that was a world that definitely like I want oh to go live God, in a little bit. Crazy, right? Yeah. They, I mean, they already have was... a comic series of it yes. too, right?
0: Uh, a graphic, graphic novel, novel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lore book. Yep. That is really tons really beautiful. of artwork
2: around it. Like yeah. you said, tons of just already story
1: elements. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Tom Gilliland is uh, a brilliant man.
1: Yeah. And well, death as a protagonist would be fun. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. I'm in. What if it's just Meet Joe Black? I mean, that's the same thing. <laughs> Meet Joe Black, Mourner's Call. That's all good. right.
0: Meet Joe Black, the board game, coming <laughs> soon to you from Victory Points Industries and Starbed Wire. Wow. All right. Well, we've we've made a podcast here. Yeah, yes. We did. Mark, it's awesome. been such a pleasure to have you on.
2: Thank you so much. Please
0: tell people, even though we've been talking about it, <laughs> where they can find your videos. Oh, yes.
2: So all my videos are on the Dice Tower Network, and you'll find them in a playlist called Game Previews. You can go check them out there. And they're not all Kickstarter. We actually have some published games that we're starting to do previews for as well. So check it out. And then on uh, Twitter, Board Game Corner. Instagram is BG Corner because I couldn't get Board Game Corner. Keep it short. Keep it That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, some of that works. Uh, and then, of course, Facebook and so forth. And you can just find me on Facebook as Mark Streed. So.
0: Yep. All right. Jake. Uh, since the last time we recorded a podcast, do you have any uh, advice to our listeners, tidbits? Pitts? Um,
1: a little bit of discomfort is good. The comfort that you were talking about in your job is is good, but you need a little bit of discomfort in your life. And then once you found that, you found your route, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So experience yeah. just a little discomfort. Yep.
0: Ask yourself uh, what might give you joy today, mm-hmm. and do that thing, and it's last worth that it. thing. Uh, <laughs> hurts other people. <laughs> true,
2: true. But <laughs> the, it's worth it. It really is. I mean, it, it was rough at first, right? But man, I can't believe where I am. It's
1: just so... Yeah. I'm having the time of my life. If you want to do it, but it scares you, go for it. Yep.
0: All right. If you need a change, just do the thing. It's
1: worth it. Yeah.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe and like and rate and tell your friends about this podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>